Section 14 of The Letters of Lord Nelson to Lady Hamilton, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Adrian Wheel. The Letters of Lord Nelson to Lady Hamilton, Volume 2, by Horatio Nelson. Section 14. Letters from Lord Nelson to Sir William Hamilton. Letter 7. Vanguard, off Malta, October the 24th, 1798. My dear sir, I am just arrived off this place, where I found Captain Ball and the Marquis de Nisa. From those officers, I do not find such an immediate prospect of getting possession of the town as the ministers at Naples seem to think. All the country, it is true, is in possession of the islanders, and I believe the French have not many luxuries in the town, but as yet their bullocks are not eat up. The Marquis tells me the islanders want arms, victuals, mortars and cannon to annoy the town. When I get the elect of the people on board, I shall desire them to draw up a memorial for the King of Naples, stating their wants and desires, which I shall bring with me. The Marquis sails for Naples tomorrow morning. Till he is gone, I shall not do anything about the island, but I will be fully master of that subject before I leave this place. God bless you, is the sincere prayer of Horatio Nelson. Letter 8. Vanguard, off Malta, October the 27th, 1798. My dear Sir William, Although I believe I shall be at Naples before the cutter, I should be sorry to omit acknowledging your kind letter of the 26th. When I come to Naples, I can have nothing pleasant to say of the conduct of His Sicilian Majesty's ministers towards the inhabitants of Malta, who wish to be under the dominion of their legitimate sovereign. The total neglect and indifference with which they have been treated appears to me cruel in the extreme. Had not the English supplied 1,500 stand of arms with bayonets, cartouche boxes and ammunitions, etc., etc., and the Marquis supplied some few, and kept the spirit of those brave islanders from falling off, they must long ago have bowed again to the French yoke. Could you, my dear Sir William, have believed after what General Acton and the Marquis de Gallo had said, in our various conversations relative to this island, that nothing had been sent by the Governor of Syracuse, secretly, was the word to us, or openly, to this island? And, I am farther assured, that the Governor of Syracuse never had any orders sent to him to supply the smallest article. I beg Your Excellency will state this in confidence to General Acton, I shall most assuredly tell it to the King. The justice I owe myself, now I feel employed in the service of their Sicilian Majesties, demands it of me, and also the duty I owe our gracious King, in order to show that I am doing my utmost to comply with his royal commands. As I have before stated, had it not been for the English, long, long ago, the Maltese must have been overpowered. Including the 1,500 stand of arms given by us, not more than 3,000 are in the island. I wonder how they have kept on the defensive so long. The Emerald will sail, in twenty-four hours after my arrival, for Malta. At least two thousand stand of small arms, complete ammunition, etc., etc., should be sent by her. This is wanted to defend themselves. For offence, two or three large mortars, fifteen hundred shells with all necessaries, and perhaps a few artillery, two ten-inch howitzers with a thousand shells. The Bormola, and all the left side of the harbour, 
with this assistance, will fall. Ten thousand men are required to defend those works. The French can only spare twelve hundred. Therefore, a vigorous assault in many parts, some one must succeed. But who have the government of Naples sent to lead or encourage these people? A very good, and I dare say brave, old man, enervated and shaking with the palsy. This is the sort of man they have sent, without any supply, without even a promise of protection, and without his bringing any answer to the repeated respectful memorials of these people to their sovereign. I know their majesties must feel hurt when they hear these truths. I may be thought presuming, but I trust General Acton will forgive an honest seaman for telling plain truths. As for the other minister, I do not understand him. We are different men. He has been bred in a court, and I in a rough element. But I believe my heart is as susceptible of the finer feelings as his, and as compassionate for the distress of those who look up to me for protection. The officer sent here should have brought supplies, promises of protection, and an answer from the king to their memorials. He should have been a man of judgment, bravery, and activity. He should be the first to lead them to glory, and the last when necessary to retreat, the first to mount the walls of the Bormola, and never to quit it. This is the man to send. Such, many such, are to be found. If he succeeds, promise him rewards. My life for it, the business would soon be over. God bless you. I am anxious to get this matter finished. I have sent Ball this day to summon Goza. If it resists, I shall send on shore and batter down the castle. Three vessels, loaded with bullocks, etc., for the garrison, were taken yesterday. From Tripoli ten more are coming, but we shall have them. I had almost forgot to mention that orders should be immediately given that no quarantine should be laid on boats going to the coast of Sicily for corn. At present, as a matter of favour, they have fourteen days only. Yesterday there was only four days' bread in the island. Luckily, we got hold of a vessel loaded with wheat, and sent her into St. Paul's. Once more, God bless you, and ever believe me, your obliged and affectionate Horatio Nelson. This day I have landed twenty barrels of gunpowder, two thousand eight hundred pounds, at Malta. Letter 9. Palermo, January the 10th, 1800. Sir, your Excellency having had the goodness to communicate to me a dispatch from General Acton, together with several letters from Giganti, giving an account that a violence had been committed in that port by the seizing and carrying off to Malta two vessels loaded with corn, I beg leave to express to your Excellency my real concern, that even the appearance of the slightest disrespect should be offered by any officers under my command to the flag of his Sicilian Majesty, and I must request your Excellency to state fully to General Acton that the act ought not to be considered as any intended disrespect to his Sicilian Majesty, but as an act of the most absolute and imperious necessity, either that the island of Malta should have been delivered up to the French, or that the king's orders should be anticipated for these vessels carrying their cargoes of corn to Malta. I trust that the government of this country will never again force any of our royal master's servants to so unpleasant an alternative. I have the honour to be, with the greatest respect, your Excellency's most obedient and faithful servant, B. N. Letter 10 March the 8th, 1800. My dear Sir William, I thank you kindly for all your letters and good wishes. It is my determination, my health requiring it, to come to Palermo and to stay two weeks with you. I must again urge that four gunboats may be ordered for the service of Malta. They will most essentially assist in the reduction of the place by preventing small vessels from getting in or out. I think 
from the enemy on the night of the fourth trying and getting out for a short distance a very fast sailing polacca that vaubois is extremely anxious to send dispatches to france to say he cannot much longer hold out and if our troops as captain blackwood thinks are coming from gibraltar and minorca i have no idea the enemy will hold out a week i beg general acton will order the gunboats trowbridge has got the jaundice and is very ill as i shall so very soon see you i shall only say that i am ever your obliged and affectionate bronte nelson letter eleven palermo march the thirtieth eighteen hundred my dear sir william as from the orders i have given to all the ships under my command to arrest and bring into port all the vessels and troops returning by convention with the port to france and as the russian ships have similar orders i must request that your excellency will endeavour to arrange with the government of this country how in the first instance they are to be treated and received in the ports of the two sicilies for it is obvious i can do nothing more than bring them into port and if they are kept on board ship the fever will make such ravages as to be little short of the plague it is a very serious consideration for this country either to receive them or let them pass when they would invade probably these kingdoms in my present situation in the king's fleet i have only to obey had i been as before in the command i should have gone one short and direct road to avert this great evil viz to have sent a letter to the french and the grand vizier in egypt that i would not on any consideration permit a single frenchman to leave egypt and i would do it at the risk of even creating a coldness for the moment with the turks of two evils choose the least and nothing can be so horrid as permitting that horde of thieves to return to europe if all the wise heads had left them to god almighty after the bridge was broke all would have ended well for i differ entirely with my commander-in-chief in wishing they were permitted to return to france and likewise with lord elgin in the great importance of removing them from egypt no there they should perish has ever been the firm determination of your excellency's most obedient and faithful servant bronte nelson of the nile letter twelve palermo april the tenth eighteen hundred my dear sir william reports are brought to me that the spanish ships of war in this port are preparing to put to sea a circumstance which must be productive of very unpleasant consequences to both england and this country it is fully known with what exactness i have adhered to the neutrality of this port for upon our arrival here from naples in december seventeen ninety eight from the conduct of his catholic majesty's minister i should have been fully justified in seizing those ships we know that one object of the spanish fleet combined with the french was to wrest entirely from the hands of his sicilian majesty his kingdoms of the two sicilies the spaniards are by bad counsels the tools of the french and of course the bitter enemy of his sicilian majesty and family the conduct i have pursued towards these ships circumstances they are has been moderate and truly considerate towards his sicilian majesty the time is now come that profiting of my forbearance the spanish ships are fitting for sea it is not possible if they persist in their preparations that i can avoid attacking them even in the port of palermo for they never can or shall be suffered to go to sea and placed in a situation of assisting the french against not only great britain but also the two sicilies i have therefore to request that your excellency will convey my sentiments on this very delicate subject to his sicilian majesty's ministers that they may take measures to prevent such a truly unpleasant event happening 
which would be as much against my wish as it can be against theirs, and I request that your Excellency will, through its proper channel, assure his Sicilian Majesty that his safety and honour is as dear to me as that of our royal master. I have the honour to be, with the greatest respect, my dear Sir William, your Excellency's most affectionate, humble servant, Bronte, Nelson of the Nile. End of section 14. Recording by Adrian Wheel. And end of the letters of Lord Nelson to Lady Hamilton. Volume 2 by Horatio Nelson. <laughs>